Not impossible. There's still a chance. What chance? My sperm are crippled. How are you going to get pregnant if the little fuckers can't even swim to the egg? Eve tried to put her arms around Harlan. Come back inside and talk to the doctor. He shook his head, pulling away. I just need some time alone. For hours, Harlan wandered the city's streets. He bought a liter of scotch and drank it like water. Somehow or other, he found his way to the playground where the accident had happened. He sat on a bench, zombie-eyed, just staring. He watched parents watching their children. That will never be me, he thought, and a sense of crushing loss, almost as painful as when Thomas died, hit him, wrenching a sob from his throat. Noticing that he was drawing glances from the people around him, he stood to leave. His mobile phone rang, Jim Monaghan's name flashing up on its screen. Harlan stared at it, trying to decide if he was up to taking the call. Probably not, he decided, but the pain was so unbearable he knew he'd better do something to distract himself before he completely lost the plot. Taking a steadying breath, he put the phone to his ear. What's up, Jim? A voice roughened by years of smoking replied, We've got a body, man about thirty or thirty-five years old. Homicide? Uh, where? Jim told Harlan the address, and Harlan told him he'd be there as soon as possible. He left the park and hailed a taxi. It was a bright, cold afternoon, but during the drive, dirty white clouds moved in, obscuring the sun. When the taxi arrived at the address, a uniform waved it to a stop. Harlan flashed his ID and the uniform stepped aside. The street was clogged with police vehicles. Another uniform stood at the end of a large, detached house's driveway. Forensic bods in white suits were visible through the house's windows. Jim was waiting at the front door, wearing his usual alert but world-weary veteran's expression. On seeing Harlan, he said matter-of-factly, You look like shit. I'm fine. So, what's the story? Married couple. Named Lee and Susan Burke. Mrs. Burke says they were in bed having sex when... A married couple shagging on a weekday afternoon? Harlan broke in doubtfully, following Jim into the house. Somewhere overhead, a woman was sobbing hysterically. A crooked smile tugged at the corners of Jim's mouth. Yeah, I know, that's what I thought, too. Anyway, she says they were doing the business when they were disturbed by the sound of breaking glass downstairs. Mr. Burke went to investigate while Mrs. Burke phoned us. Mr. Burke was lying naked, face down in the kitchen, limbs splayed like a dried starfish his back a bloody latticework of cuts and stab wounds. Glass from a broken window was scattered over the lino and the corpse. The half-brick that had been used to smash it lay against the foot of the opposite wall. Twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, a forensics guy was saying as he counted the stab wounds. A raw breath of air that smelled of snow blew into the room, and everybody shivered, except the dead man and Harlan. The whiskey sloshing around inside his otherwise empty stomach insulated him from its touch. She's lying, said Harlan, blearily studying the corpse. What makes you think that? With his foot, 
Harlan rolled the body onto its side. Hey, said the forensics guy, what do you think you're doing? Harlan ignored him. There's glass on and around the body, but not under it, which means the window was smashed after he died. And which also means Mrs. Burke is a lying, murdering bitch. Harlan spoke loudly, loud enough for anyone within fifty feet to hear, with a harsh slur in his voice. When he finished, the house was silent. Everyone in the room, uniforms, forensic bods, photographer, stared at him. He lifted his eyes and called at the ceiling. That's right, lady. Don't waste your time blubbering. Call a lawyer, because you'll need one. Detective, can I speak to you outside? said Jim. Sure. Somewhat unsteadily, Harlan stepped over the body, leaving a...